Hello and welcome to Autumn in the City, the actual play podcast of Waterdeep Dragon Heist. Thank you again for tuning in for another episode. We are just shy of a milestone of a thousand downloads, which seems absolutely crazy to us. So please share with your friends and help us reach that goal. If you can rate and review on iTunes, if you've got a spare moment, it really does help out immensely. Last time, the Autumnborn were finishing up on their covert mission at the Opera to gather information on the Black Network. Passing the information to Mert, Dimple was given his Harper's badge as part of his membership with the Harper's faction. Venturing back out onto the cold cobblestone streets of the Seaward, the party visited the Traveller's Rest, an upmarket tavern where they drank late into the evening. A tipsy walk across the city later and the party found themselves back in Trollskull Alley and were met with a familiar face they did not expect. Randy Bloodshoe, the Xanathar thug that the party offered a job to, was sat on the veranda of the Trollsbane Tavern. Struggling to locate a key to get inside, Remy failed to pick the lock on the door, and before long they were surrounded in the street by Xanathar agents. A tense battle broke out, resulting in more than one party member going down, but the Autumnborn finished off the last attackers to the sound of a griffin's call, as a member of the griffin cavalry landed in the street nearby. The identity of this griffin rider was made clear a few moments later as he removed his helmet, and Ike Sterling, Avon's childhood friend she had been trying to get in touch with, stood in the street before them. Bringing the unconscious Randy Bloodshoe inside for questioning, the party were introduced to Ike, and Avon caught him up on how she had found herself with this motley crew of adventurers before he bid them farewell and flew off into the night. What information will the party be able to squeeze out of Randy, and will the renovations to the Trollsbane Tavern be up to scratch? Please enjoy episode 16, Home Wasn't Built in a Day. Right, you guys evening. Want- anything before you guys head to bed you've got some uh, i would like to spend one hour making a clockwork toy i don't know i'm singing it no because i'm a bard do we want to speak to these uh (laughs) blood shoe and orange crush these men we were going to employ Uh, and the bard is the the utmost treachery we have received if you um, i can i can prepare charm person again Give it another give another try. But would the city watch probably be back before then? I think we'd probably have an hour, right? Before they end Nothing up. Nothing well, there's probably yeah. nothing to see, is there any more? Avon's gonna change into her pajamas for the interrogation. The dress is getting <laughs> uncomfy. I think Alan is gonna stand out front, uh having a little smoke on his pipe and uh waiting to sort of flag down the uh the officials when they arrive. So I imagine that Maybe whoever it is gathers Orange Crush and Randy Bloodshoe, and I imagine you put them in that octagonal room. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they should sort of... perhaps put a door on this section. It could be quite a cool private room. Oh, like is it, like is this one here? This is a little door. You might not have seen it. There. No, <laughs> like like this, like this. <laughs> Oh, I see what you mean. Maybe a curtain, maybe something, some fabric. If, yeah. We can put over. This is a nice little cozy. This is where the big groups come when they come and have drinks at our pub. It's not a private little corner. What do you, you don't, you don't want to. where the atmosphere is in that corner, isn't it? If you yeah. have a curtain <laughs> in a pub, but in front of a corner, there is only going to be bad things happening behind that curtain. <laughs> let me tell you. Oh dear. Oh dear. Well, it'd be a great place to put the stage finally. Hmm. And I think Dimple's like interior designing. Kind of imagining <laughs> anyway, we it. have an interrogation. Uh, oh my head. Jeez. 
Oh, fuck you. Avon, Avon throws her slipper at him and she says, Shut up! Oh, oh God. Not necessary. <laughs> Entirely necessary. We trusted you and you betrayed us. We were going to give you honest work and you brought an ambush to our front door. Yeah, we had to get you back, didn't we? Xenophars, we don't stand And back. look how well that went for you. Yeah, this won't be the last. Don't worry about it. Oh, it will for you. The Xenophar Guild will avenge the mighty Randy Blood Shoe and Orange Crush. We're the most they deadly duo in the entire sewer. You. Oh, you they won't. don't give a damn you about won't. you. That's not true. And Crush, that's not true, is it? And he's like, Madeline. One day you will be <laughs> the sweetest of dreams, Randy. I was with her once more. Shut up, Crush. There's no time for that. What do you want anyway? What can you tell us about the red-hooded one who currently lies dead in our basement? That's Derek. <laughs> <laughs> He's a freak. There's a lot of more. There's a lot more Derricks out there. I can guarantee you that, Missy. No, my God. time traveling through Faerun. It's always a constant. Evil men called Derek. <laughs> <laughs> the most evil name he, there is. His garb appeared rather cultish to my unseasoned eyes. Would this have anything to do with the illithid problem in the sewers? What illithid problem? I don't know nothing about that. <clears throat> I know you're lying. You didn't even roll an insight. I don't have to, because I know the facts. And they are? Go on, Enl enlighten me. That your organisation has some rather shady links to some illithid activity and some rather unpleasant little brains on legs. All right, you know. We saw thing. them with our own eyes. Yeah, all right, I'll give you that one. Yeah, well, that's not so, impressive. Yeah, that's that's nothing. Are you going to tell us anything, or do we have to drag it out of you? And might I point out that my friend Mr. Remy here is rather good at extracting information from those unwilling to depart it. As it happens, what, what uh, do you want to know? Of, well, as my my colleague said, uh, as it happens, um, the friend of ours going to tell the city watch who are going to arrive not long before now. I don't think he is going to mention how many dead that we have downstairs. And Mister Bloodshoe, it wouldn't take much for you to become one of the deceased with your friends. Now I expect your tongue to start wagging pretty soon. Because this rapier might be driven through your throat, my friend. Alright, what do you want to know? What's so important to you? We asked you last time about who was sending you here. You you said, oh, it is only Erstal, it is only fucking Carrot. Absolute bullshit. And you have gone away met up with more Xanathar and you've come back here with this information. Now, who has sent you on this mission? No. Spelling? 
Well, Nal is N-A-R-L. <laughs> and then his surname is a bit of an interesting one. Tell me his surname right now and spell it out for me. I need to write it down. <laughs> no. In the true water devil manner. <laughs> Zindrindas. Jesus Christ. Yeah, <laughs> tough one. <laughs> X apostrophe. Oh, brilliant. I N B R I N D A S. Now sent us out. That was going to be a Z. Now Zabrindas. We're on the hunt for the Zentarim. And when you know it, fancy man, your name is cropped up once or twice. That's right, Bloodshoe. You have found one. Where is it then? Is what? This stone? Is this what you are still looking for? A Where fruitless is it? endeavor. You've got it, don't you? They said Dalakar had it. I believe we are the ones asking the questions tonight. Sorry, who was that? Watch the... your tongue. It was a Dalakar? He had this stone? Yeah. No, you've. Well, I thought you said. Hold on a minute. I was told Dalakar had it, but you might be something to do with it. I do not have any information about this stone you're looking for, and uh, you better not send any of your, more of your men to the trolls bin. Keep things oh, will they'll end. be here. They'll be here, don't you worry about that. And so will we, Randy. Bloodshoot. Because we live here, Randy. Now, what do these illithids have to do with the Zentarin? What are the plans as you understand them? Stone's number one priority at the moment. And this the is dragons. what you... Sorry, sorry. Carry on, Mr. Bloodshoe. The dragons. Boss needs them. You can ask me what for, but I won't be able to tell you. The boss. Who is this? Not this fucking Nal. You must know of who is above him. Well, Nal's running our lot. You might have to ask Nal that question, mightn't you? He'll be here, he'll drop by one day. You have a chat, cup of tea. You, you ask him yourself. And we'll drag him into the basement just as we have done with you, Randy. The same way with a rapier to his throat. Drow's like the duck. I'm sure he'll have no problem down there. Oh, well. So Nile is a drow, is he? Interesting fact. Yeah, he's a drow. What of it? Would he have anything to do with the um, incursion of drows assailing the elves and half-elves of Waterdeep? What is this? The elves beneath will rise? Anything to do with that? That sounds like a personal agenda. Regardless of my status within the Xanathar Guild, he might not share that with the likes of me. So, Randy, dear, well, not dear friend, strange person of interest today, what's the appeal of joining them, this cult? Why, why would you do this, you know? 
what's the what's what is the draw that is getting so many recruits? Is basically what Dimple's trying to say. Give it two months, and is that a fire going to be running this city? Once we get that anything goal. to do with is that anything to do with Evil's twin? He looks at you quizzically. Insight check. Ooh, who am I going to roll? Let's go pink. So that's a 16 plus 5. That's a 21. Seems to be telling the truth. Pretty sure that he's... Wait, he didn't say anything about... He didn't say anything yet. He just looked at me. Yeah, okay. So he's... He he seems to be genuine. Genuine surprise, shock. Confusion, you know. Okay. Evil's twin. What are we talking about? Oh, I think you not know what you we're talking know. about, my friend. Oh. If he doesn't know already, it's not for him to know. Oh, I believe he knows. And then from the corner of the room, Rupert's not said much. He's just been listening. He's just going to look over and say, hmm. "Randall, my friend, he's back." And that's all he's going to say. Boy, blue man. He never yes. left. Mm-hmm. Is that so? If we're talking about the same same guy. Oh, oh, I think we're talking about the same guy. You think we're talking about the same guy? <laughs> you think we're talking about the same guy? You <laughs> tell me who you're talking about, and I'll tell you if you're right. <laughs> One, two, three. See you at the same time. I must ask you, Randy, before I decide whether or not I'm going to kill you, does the name William Leclerc mean anything to you? Never heard of it. Insight? Yep. It's not good. Five. Wait. Telling the truth, never heard of it. Cool. So tell me why you are working with these cultists. There ain't no cultists, darling. The one in the red hood, dummy. They're just with the creeps. eye mask. He's very distinctive. They're just creeps we run with, you know. Heavy-handed spellcasters, you know. You guys about to be level three. Can't just be fighting bandits in the street all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Why are the Xanathar bringing Illithid into the city? I don't care about the Stone of the Law. I don't care about the dragons. Why are you bringing monsters from the Underdark into Waterdeep? And she's getting like up to him, like at this point, like grabbing his scruff. And even though she's in her pajamas, I think she manages to look a bit intimidating. Yeah, go on, roll me a intimidation check with your bunny slippers hey! on. Yeah, that's fully what My I was going to say. <laughs> I imagine, like, she's got her hair done up all on her head as well. She's got Do you an know eye what mask I mean? on her forehead. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, she's, like, got a face mask on. <laughs> yeah. uh, Towel around her head as well. <laughs> a retainer. Sorry. That's a 14. Yeah, you're on a natural 20. Ah, uh, bunny slippers. 
why don't you go try asking a couple of uh, Xanathar. See if you can make them squeal. Randy Bloodshoe is uh, made of sterner stuff. Hmm. Remy, I'm done with him. He's yours. Uh, I reckon there's still more to be squeezed of him. And um, I think from, you know, Dimple's time out in the world, he has a pretty good idea of gross-looking monsters that he's come across and he kind of thinks, I can't think of a genuine, like, actual thing to say, but it's somewhere with, like, lots of slime, it's got a couple eyes, maybe some teeth just thrown in there, like, you know, on those tumor photos where they just look crazy with hair and stuff in them. Looks like that. mimic. Have my D1 re for knowing things. Yeah, I just made that up. Uh, have my D1 for being creative. Please explain what you want to talk about because at this point. Shut up then, <laughs> bruh. Your minor illusions are above, like on the ceiling above uh, Randy's head. And it's like, I'd recommend that you look up and see what kind of situation you're in. We could quite easily end it all for you here if you don't you know as you say spill the beans we've got a xanathar right here why would we want to uh go looking for more friends you know let's have some cozy times so you're minor illusioning illusioning a horrible beast above his head yeah right okay believes in the beast get spooked yeah he looks frightened so I'll ask again what's the appeal where are you getting recruited from like I said give it month two months and Xanathar look up mate you don't have a lot of time you should probably be telling me right now you know I'm trying you're telling me to wait two months how did you get recruited let him speak let him speak he's going to divulge something well a street urchin like me up to no good looking for protection looking for brotherhood but like I said two months time you want to be on the right side in the Xanathar guild I promise you that it's not going to be games of thugs and Freakazoids with fetishes coming attacking you in the streets. You'll be under the control of the Xanathar Guild. I guarantee it. I would think that if the Autumnborn have anything to say about this, Randy, you are quite mistaken. And you said before when we talked on this street that you are a lonely man, no? Oh, so lonely. A lonely, lonely man. It's just me and Crush now. Like it's always been. Well, we will endeavour to make it even more lonely for your pathetic lives. And I think Remy's face now is going to start changing between Paul, between the dwarf, his his old bosses in the basement of this. Krentz uh, and Zemp. Krentz and Zemp. Like, it's switching between these dead Xanathar that we've killed. Like, moment to moment, his face is changing. He's remembering these faces, and it's, it's swapping between these dead friends that this guy's known. Just trying and to I think, him. 
And I think he starts like crawling. Oh, back, that's cool. Like towards the window and like puts his back up against the wall as he's like stares wide eyed into Remy's like liquid face. I imagine there's like a bit of a chameleon, like it, half of it, like it's like rippling across, so it doesn't change. Like in a flash, no, no, no. it's blending and blurring, and it's grotesque. You see, it's got to be yeah, grotesque, horrible, frightening. Yeah, I think you made a poor decision coming back here today, Randy. Remember, I can be anyone, and uh, don't trust too lightly. I know you think is a friend. He could sick. have been a great friend of ours. But you betrayed yes. us. You said you poured a really good pint, Randy, and I was trusting you. My friend here invited you for to... a job, and you came back to kill us. I was really looking forward to having you as an employee. Holy shit. I've only just realised. We got betrayed <laughs> by that guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A lot. A lot. You really oh, bad human oh, faces. Oh my god, wait! <laughs> He was the last Xanathar we fucking squeezed for some info and we invited no, him back for a joint. I know. I just thought, stupidly, I thought we got ambushed by other guys. He was still yeah. there and these guys were separate guys and I'd kind of forgotten about him since we'd come back. But He's... now, it all makes sense and I'm very angry. Okay. <laughs> when we Wait up, man. I, I thought he was going to be our boy but then he betrayed us. Got any more questions for Randy oh, Bloodshot? I think Remy's out. Oh. For... How could you? Why would you? <laughs> and do you know how much this hurt me personally? Have you got this week's... Throw them in the basement. Sorry, Rupert, please continue. I just, I think I'm a bit emotional about this. No, I completely <sighs> understand. It is, uh, it is quite un, uh, unacceptable and unforgivable, I think, Randy. It's uh, doing you a disservice by letting, allowing you to live and leave this place, although you will always have the memory of what could have been if you joined us. Um, tell me, your, uh, your drow employer, he doesn't perhaps keep the company of other drow, does he? He might do. Uh, very interesting. Well, to you. But just a curious soul is all, but, uh, if you see Bane Ray around, uh, you can tell him we're coming. All right. All right. That's all. Hmm. Let's just leave them until the guard gets here. Yeah, I think maybe half an hour passes and the city watch arrive in their pot helms and their mustard yellow jackets, truncheons, and a couple of arcane casters do a couple of little mage hand. Um, shackles on their hands and the bodies in the basement are taken away statements are taken from you guys but this um, person who's you know running this crime scene now is like night and day with Amar Klink Amar Klink who seemed to have an agenda set against you guys whereas the City Watch are turning up and they're doing their job here. No holding cell, no interrogation. I compliment them greatly on their work. <laughs> and they sort of shake your hands and wish you good luck for the for the opening and the refurbishment. 
and maybe that's the last you'll see of Randy Bloodshoe and Orange Crush. Probably not. I, I hope not. Final boss of the whole campaign. Yeah, I kind of hope not, but also... It's Randy! I wish I'd killed that guy. It's Randy all alone. I don't know, right. they, remind, they remind me of the um, the two pirates from uh, Barbosa's crew. Oh my but, god, thank yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so true. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, darling. Right. Oh, well. As the guard yeah. leaves, Avon uh, serves out a round of hot chocolate to everybody, and she goes up to bed. Okay. Is it bedtime for everyone? Absolutely. Yeah, I think so. Um, I think before Dimple goes to bed he's gonna make that clockwork toy the aforementioned clockwork toy okay do you wanna do you have the tools for it what tools do you have they're tinker tools which I get okay. do you wanna and... roll me a check with your tinker tools yes I do so it'd be sleight of hand plus your proficiency bonus plus two. Ooh. Ooh, so 18 yeah you can make a clockwork toy no problem might um, you might make the beginning of it, you know, the the, the, the initial part. You might need to work on it a bit tomorrow, but it says that Oh, to be fair, do I have gold ten pieces worth of materials? Probably not. But it takes an hour to make, so maybe that's something for another day. Sorry. Maybe you start on it. You know, you start you with get... what I've got, what I can find in my room. What are you making? What's Dimple up to? He oh, you is can go, you can keep it yourself, obviously. Um, no, he's going to make... <laughs> because he can start on it today, he's actually going to start taxidermying that little frog um, to be the kind of, now that I'm thinking of it, horrible, nightmarish <laughs> little clockwork what? toy. What's her, like, sing? Oh, my God. So what it does is... Uh, sorry. So what it does is that... Um, Da 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 da. Reading wrong thing. It makes noises as appropriate to the creature it represents, so it will rib it, um, and it can be placed on the ground and will move five feet across from me on the each of each t- at the end of each of my turns in just like a random direction. It's meant to be kind of like a diversionary tool. Okay, interesting. Nice. Okay, so you can make a start on that tonight. Yeah, for sure. Did you all realize as well that that lick toad is from our little one shot? <laughs> I love that. Did you yeah, guys get cool. that inside joke? Did you? Did you? <laughs> I think so. I think yeah, it's as, as maybe, um, you know, we head outside and we head up this outside staircase into the common room upstairs up here um, and out into the hallway. We'll probably, a few of us go together and maybe Remy's behind Rupert um, and he'll stop him on the landing outside the study um, where he sees Rupert sort of heading towards the door. Um, and he'll tap him, or yeah, tap him on the shoulder and say, um, Rupert, um, I hope it is um, not too much to ask, but uh, I have seen your skills, the, the, the arcane arts, and, and, and I was once uh, enrolled in the Blackstaff Academy, as you know. Uh, yes, it is, yes. It is something I would like to to take up again and I wonder whether you would you would shoot for me Rupert oh, just this big grin spreads across Rupert's face and he like claps an arm around your shoulder he just goes ho 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 Master Remy 
it's uh, it's about time you asked that boy. I would it would be my honor. I hesitated to ask, but uh, part of me knew I you would have this response with, but but uh, yes, of course, knowledge be. knowledge shared is uh, is power growing. As uh, as I once read in a book somewhere, yes, it would be my honor. We. Uh, I would certainly like my power to grow, Rupert. Perhaps we could do some. Yes, we could do some night classes, maybe. We could uh, pick me up some spells. Maybe we go down Rishals and uh, I could learn a thing or two about the arcane arts. Of course. Maybe not tonight. I'm. uh, (laughs) No, no, no. (laughs) Feeling a little peaky. I was. uh, I nearly died earlier, but. uh, You did. Yes. But you have a stout heart, Rupert. Same. Well, I thank you anyway, and uh, I will I will do you a, f- a favor in return, of course. I mean, oh, Romeo. You, that's, uh, you don't need to worry about that, but uh, I'm sure I can think of something. Mm-hmm. Good night, Rupel. Good night. He shuffles off and, into his study. And as Avon goes into her room as well, uh, she immediately climbs the ladder up into the turret with windows on all three sides and uh, the moonlight spilling into her little cosy room. Um, And she looks out of the window, out across the city and thinking about Zafi and the knowledge that she's alive and somewhere working in another noble estate, possibly not the kindest of bosses. And she pulls out, a small piece of crystal that faintly glows in the moonlight and she thinks about the night that Zafi gave it to her as a memento and she falls asleep up there with the crystal in her hand illuminating the room with thoughts of um, her favourite tiefling on her mind Hmm. very nice and you guys all find rest in the Trolls Bane Keep the only sound that can be heard is a tock, tick, tock, tick, tock, tick, from an old grandfather clock. You guys level up to level three. Come on. Yeah, yeah boy. <laughs> well done. Well done. Um, okay. Quick fire. And I'm talking two sentences. Tell me something cool you got at level three. Start with Dimple. Um, I need to get my sheet up again, so can we start elsewhere? Thank let's you. Start. <laughs> do, do you know what? Actually, let's not do this. We'll do it at the end of or maybe the start of next session. Because I want to do something now. This is a little bit not um I've not done something like this before, so Apologies for shit, but I want to do little roleplay encounters for each of you. Because as nice. I mentioned, there's going to be a... Um, this level up is happening while the Trolls Bane Keep is being refurbished over 12 days. And you'll have to bear with me because the timeline is going to be very fluid. You're going to be picking up things that you did on day five immediately, and then we'll come back to the first morning afterwards, and then it might mm-hmm. skip forward. So it's going to be a bit of a mishmash of... Um, you know, the chronology of what happens and when. So you'll have to bear with me and just suck 
back it up because I've got nothing else planned. So, <laughs> very um, happy to. So you guys are all level three, and at the point that this fluid timeline ends, Troll's main keep is fully refurbished. It's the final day, and I would like to start. So I'm, I'm, you guys have told me a, a thing or two about what you'd like to do as part of this downtime to, you know, prove yourselves to be level three and work that you've done, things you want to investigate. So you've all sent me a couple of ideas, and I would like to start with Rupert. So <clears throat> Rupert, you're back in the library. You've gone back to work for a couple of weeks, a ten day and you're fulfilling your duty as um, head librarian of the um, of the House of Wonder. And as you are maybe closing down one night, you pick up a leaflet that's been dropped through the front door. No, that's not true at all. You pick up a leaflet, like a pamphlet of like, you know, uh, in the, maybe the magazine section kind of thing. And the title of the leaflet is When the Clock Strikes. It seems to be a journal entry. And the journal describes a project that a man named Ken Coggs is working on. Awesome. So it's written by Ken Coggs, and maybe this is a um, a periodical journal that gets released, and you know it's one of the newer ones that are on the the rack. It just sort of catches your eye, and Ken Cog Ken Coggs is talking about the um, art of repairing and restoring antique clocks that have special arcane properties. It's talking about the um, the deconstruction of the clock, the analysis of each individual part. And he's got some descriptions of what those parts might look like and what they might uh, be able to do, these type of clocks. And part of this publication speaks of clocks that are that were made millennia ago while Kronos was still alive. And he talks about the tinkering elements and the different arcane properties these clocks might have. And at the end, it's just signed off. Ken Coggs, the most precise order of clockmakers, tuners and balancers. And you can see that the publication is registered to uh, uh, the publication house of the guild on at Cuckoo House on Sleeper's Walk in the Trade Ward. Nice. Uh, yeah, Quill comes out and in the back, in like I think he's got a few notes pages designated at the back of his spellbook, and he just like he's writing down these details and just like was it Sleeper's. Walk, yeah, so it's the most precise order of clockmakers, tuners, and balances, and their guild hall is at Cuckoo House on Sleeper's Walk, in the trade walk. Cool. Yeah, he takes that down. Um, 
he'll let the guys know that um oh, I believe I've like sort of round a common room one night we just sort of had some dinner and he's like oh 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 fellows I've picked up this uh, this this uh, information this this leaflet earlier today I, I can't believe I'd never heard of them before but uh, this man this man Kenneth Cox he's a uh, well, he works for a, a faction, a, a guild of, of clock repairers and, and precision instruments, and he speaks precisely of of a timepiece, time just like my one in the in the in the library upstairs. I, I have to speak to them. I have to go and see them. Would, would anyone like to come with me? Should you take yours that you've just done? Should we heave her over? Oh, I don't like. I don't know about that. I wouldn't want to damage it. Perhaps. Uh, you could probably perhaps... minor illusion something of the likeness oh, that's, a, that's a brilliant idea i was going to sketch something but a minor illusion is a is a much better idea that really does picture does paint a thousand words as they say um although i would be drawing a picture hmm. maybe a hundred thousand words for a color photograph than a than a sketching i, I don't know but uh like to come along temple <laughs> oh of course i love listening to all of these little rambles to get what it makes for great material i'm working on a character you see Oh, Loosely perhaps, based on you. Perhaps you could tell me about this uh, his character on the way over there. Okay, so the running title is Monsters Inc. And you'll be a guy called Sully. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> so you make your way over to the most precise order of clockmakers, tuners and balancers on the Cuckoo House. And you, uh, as you approach the building... Uh, it has a very charming circular front door that is enormous and splits down the middle so you pull both doors open but above at, uh, at midday when the sun is at a zenith a large cuckoo goes cuckoo into the street you know a, a you know, six foot cuckoo pops out of the top of this this house then you walk inside and similar to your clock Rupert the entire walls are glazed so you can see the inner workings of cogs and gears ticking and flicking tiny mechanisms large mechanisms all working in perfect harmony and like this they line each wall behind this glazing so you can see all these perfect like these gleaming instruments behind rather marvelous place and um you speak to the front desk person and uh, they point you to a little office at the back um, you go to the office and there's a um, sign above the door that says Ken Cogs. You go in and this um, entire place is just a workshop. There's oil everywhere. The man has got covered. He's, he's wearing overalls that are just covered head to toe in like oil smudges, fingerprints. He's got oil on his face. He's got wiry white hair that stands out on end and a bold top. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Fuck you, George. <laughs> I don't want to hear it. Fuck when you spent time writing. God damn it. I th- you know, while while he's not here, I think Dimple. Oh, I'm sorry, um... you couldn't fucking. Oh yeah, you're that. back. Right, <laughs> I'm gonna have. I'm gonna call Virgin Media tomorrow. This is unacceptable. Do you understand how much it hampers with me playing Dungeons and Dragons? <laughs> you made me look so rude. <laughs> Which so you don't, by the way. What did you hear up to? Uh, he was wiping his hands, his oily yeah. hands, on yeah, his, uh, so on his oily hands. Yeah, on. Yeah. yeah. And there's just, it's a bit chaotic, this place. 
but everything has its place and I think Rupert can see the um, pattern in what is being done you know there's bits of clock here there's cuckoos there springs over there and it looks disorganized but he seems like the kind of guy with his wiry white hair that stands out on end inside of his head kind of like a Doc Brown kind of look yeah <laughs> uh, from Back to the Future and he says Devin made too good a job let get this fixed and um, he's sort of tinkering with some small object. What can I do for you? Kenneth Cox. Oh, uh, Kenneth, it's a ple- pleasure to meet you. Uh, my name is Rupert Paddington, R-U-P-E-R-T. And this is my friend Dimple here. D-I-M-P-L-E. Oh, yes, yes. She took the words right out of my mouth. What can I do for you, Dimple and Rupert? Well, I came across your literature on what you guys... Do you guys produce here and would you repair and I must say I'm uh, I, I may have a collector's item at home which uh which I restored myself and uh, could be could be of great interest to you it's as uh I believe it is a piece designed around the workings of Kronos the Kronos clock wonderful yes. I would be most interested in coming to see it and oh, uh, I, I, perhaps I could beat you to that and he just like <laughs> this minor illusion of the clock just appears in front of uh, Ken that's quite a special trick you've got there. I'll give you that. And he's sort of like rocking back and forth as he's like constantly just tinkering away, like building something here and going adjusting something there, making a note of something there, balancing something here. And it's, you know, he's a very busy man, but he's, he's, he's sort of blown away by this. Ah, yes. And you have begun work on the clock, I see. Um, be- be- begun work? I, uh... You be- you started work on it, yeah. This is in its this is in its current state. I I thought it was uh, it was restored. Is is there more work to be done? I must see the fi- I must see the piece in person. Sorry. Oh, I, oh please, please. I'm on lunch. Shall I come over? Uh, yes, uh, gladly. Please, uh, please uh, come come. Uh, is that a uh, anti-clockwise diffractor you're you're fiddling, fiddling with? Them? Is is that what right? Am I? No, this is a secondary spindle machine that I'm building with. A secondary spindle machine. That must be Nearing from. Uh, that must be from Volume Two of the uh, the Clockwinders uh, Clockwinders Atlas. It is. Uh, I haven't quite got to that yet. It's on my list. <laughs> so you guys sort of walk over oh. to. Um... Apple is stressed, sweating. Like, <laughs> yeah, like he's every now and again like, yeah, that's what I heard. Just chipping in, doesn't nonsense. Second spindle, yeah. So you guys are yes. going take him over to Trolls Bay and Keep and he takes a look at it. He says, Ah, yes, come here, look at this. Right here. It should be a five minute job. Let's hold on. And he like indicates a couple of the cogs that are inside the um inside the glass casing, he says. Doesn't work, does it? Clock's not working. No, no, I, I couldn't find the um function of those two. I thought they were perhaps decorative. No, it's these here. And uh, he gets out a big magnifying glass. And you notice that between a section of five or six larger cogs, there are two spaces that seem to be, to a naked eye or an untrained eye, you might think it's, you know, just perfect negative space, like it's not a problem. And he says, I am working on a secondary spindle, but what you need are two tertiary spindles. Tertiary spindles? <laughs> Bless my stars, it's... You're right, the, the splining on the on the axles there is perfect for a uh, 
for an actually threaded. Actually, you need a, a small, um, a small circular tertiary spindle that must have the uh, gyroscopic property. Do you, I, I, do you, I assume you have them? Or we won't be able to finish this clock. Yeah, Rupert, you idiot. This music's far <laughs> epic for like what's happening right now. <laughs> Maybe do I've uh, I've left them around somewhere. Do, um, do you have do the, the? You have one of the gyroscopic tertiary spindles. I. Uh, one second, and uh, he just kind of his eyes glaze over, and you maybe hear him like mumbling. He's just like, Teresa, we just seen the glass spindles anywhere? Perhaps under the bookshelf over there. I, the, I think the, you hear the gyroscopic ones. You hear Patrice, and she says, The amulet? Oh, oh, Ken. Kenneth, uh, Master Cox, you wouldn't perhaps mean, and he like goes into his um, under his jacket and he reveals the clockwork amulet. And he's like, is there perhaps something in here, a component you could uh, you could identify for? Is this, is this what I'm looking for? And he takes the amulet from your hand. He says, "Thank you. Uh, one moment, I have this this two minute job. I need to sort it on any second now. Hold on." And uh, it's sort of like he's got like twitchy, sort of like Parkinson's kind of hands that like move slowly towards but as he gets to place it they just completely calm and he drops the clockwork amulet which he referred to as a tertiary gyroscopic spindle and he drops it into the negative space and the amulet begins to spin of its own accord and it spins very very quickly and it's supported by nothing it's connected to nothing you imagine this gyroscopic momentum is turning it over, 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 like it's just suspended in midair between these cogs. He says, um, right, there's one, where's the other? I've only, I've only owned, I only have one. Just, it's one of a set. Oh. And you must find the pair. You want this clock to work. Oh, do I do? Beyond, uh, I, do, I want it to work more than more than many other things that are happening in my life right now, and uh, do you know where I could find its pair? A clock like this, millennia old, could be anywhere, could be with anyone. And he rolls up his sleeve, and you notice that he's got six or seven watches on there, they all tell a different time, and he says, that's lunch over. Best of luck, old boy. Oh, uh, Ken, before you go, you, uh, you're not perhaps recruiting, are you? Um, we still have always looking for new members, new blood. I must admit, I found myself rather fascinated with, uh, well, this timepiece in particular, but then the more I research and the more I find myself enamoured with the whole art of, uh, clock making. And, um, he'll take you back to the, the guild hall, Cuckoo House, and if you'd like to sign up, then you're more than welcome. Uh, fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Rupert, Collecting these club memberships like baseball yeah, yeah, yeah. cards. Oh, so Rupert man. is now. It's good though. We should all spread ourselves. Order of clockmakers, tuners, and balancers. Nice. That is epic. Oh, that's right so cool. Street, I mean, I look. I looked up something else, like some of the other um, uh, guilds and stuff. And the only, I didn't I didn't know that one existed, so that's hey, awesome. Hey, Joe, do you, want, do you want a secret? 
Yeah. It doesn't. It's a homebrew. Um, uh, can, I, can I give you fucking inspiration for that, please? <laughs> because that, that made my us. night when you <laughs> mentioned the most precise order of clockmakers, uh, timers, and balances. I was writing very quickly. I just tuners. Is that off the tuners? Top? Sorry, is that off tuners the top? And balances. No, no, I wrote that earlier. What's all Harry Max shit, mate? Just fucking <laughs> absolute. <laughs> Imagine. Okay, we cut to Avon Francis. You have gone to meet Ike at the um, Eerie, Peak Top Eerie. And Ike has said, I'm going to do some training. I'm going to train you on the sand, Avon. If you are able to hold your own on the sand, you can sure as hell fight in the streets. And um, he takes you down to the beach. And um, he's got a couple of blunted tawny blades and a couple of tawny shields with old sort of flaking paintwork on them that must have been dug out of a storeroom somewhere. And uh, I must warn you, Safi taught me well. Why didn't you show me what you got then? Let's start with the fundamentals. Show me your footwork. If I step here, where do you move? Over here. That's great, that's great. And you can imagine that the wind is catching right off. So he's taking you to like a private, um, quiet beach that's on the far side of Mount Waterdeep. And um, uh, he is not trying to seduce you, Holly and Theo. (laughs) (laughs) I just said to him, she taught me more of a scissor move. (laughs) (laughs) You are definitely trying to... Unlesbian Reeve right now. <laughs> she will be straight. Ike, Ike, Ike. Not Dyke, Ike. <laughs> uh, it's jock lesbian solidarity. Um, so he says, right. So, okay, so if I move here, and that's correct, you move there. Even if I've got, I've got to tell you, I saw the way that your team fought from above. It seems there's a couple of gaps at the moment. You see, you with your shield and you with your sword, you are going to be the focus of most of the attacks from your enemies. I'm sure you can see that. Yes, I have experienced this so far, yes. So what you need to do is you need to make sure that you're offering the smallest target possible, adjust your body language so you're perpendicular. That's right, so turn your shoulder and make sure that you're offering the smallest. That's right, that's it, yes. Shield up front. Always strike through the shield. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Like I said, you're going to be the focus of most of these attacks. So you've got to realise that your your role in this is not to constantly look to strike the killing blow, but it's to provide your comrades with the opportunity to finish your enemies off. Right? You need to provide them with openings, even... This is a team sport now. This isn't you and Avi, uh, you and Zafi. This is you and Rupert and Alan and Dimple and Remy. You know, this is this is you're a team, and you need to provide those opportunities to them where they may strike. It may not be glamorous, but you must be the anchor. Now let's talk about momentum. And he sort of talks to you about, um, you know, charging and ducking a shoulder and like dropping down low to adjust your um, center of gravity. It's like, you must anchor yourself through your feet, even. 
that is where your power comes from, the strength of your legs. Um, so he basically just explains to you how by shifting your body weight and changing your momentum will maybe even knock prone your enemies. It might be you might be able to bring them straight to the floor. Or look, if you if, if they, their momentum charges too far forward, it's easy to remove their weapon from their hand. Okay, just like this, and you know. So, right. And I think um, after like a couple of hard days training, you know, he's got a little fire going down on the beach, and like the sun's going down, he's here. Have a nip of this, and he gives you a little hip flask, and he says. Ooh. So why are you why are you with those guys? What is it that makes them so special? Well, they were the first group of people I met since leaving the house who seemed good and like they were going in a direction that I wanted to follow. Um they're also the first people who I told about my father right. which yeah they're, they're good people and you I haven't trust. known a lot of good people you trust them do you? I do I'm pleased to hear it and like you're sort of like sat maybe on either side of this fire as it sort of crackles away and the wind the autumn winds are blowing it's not warm but you know by the fire you're able to warm your hands after a long day. I think the most important thing that I can teach you is that they will look to you as a leader in certain situations. It might not just be in martial combat, but elsewhere. I see it in you, Lena. You've always had that spark of leadership. I think the most important thing that you can learn is how to be the voice of encouragement and the rallying cry when the night looks darkest. You must be able to pick those comrades of yours up off their up off their asses and finish the job that you set out to do. Falling dead in the street ain't gonna help anyone. And Lena, it's it's gonna to be to you that they will look. You must keep them keep the morale high, boost them, lend your expertise to them, and see it through. Okay? You're a leader. You're a leader, Lena. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, so, Avon has her training sessions with Ike on the beach, practicing center of gravity, practicing momentum and maneuvers. Who knows what will happen? Okay. Let's go to Alarm. Ahoy, hoy. Alana, I imagine in this period you've managed to get yourself a boat. Oh. Down on the dockward, nothing nothing special. A little skiff. You might have spent a couple of days in the afternoon sunshine whitewashing it, maybe painting it. What, what colour do you think Alana would paint his boat? Hmm. Well, I think, uh, you know, in honour of his, uh, his new crew, I think he's going to choose paints and varnishes that naturally complement the wood itself and uh you know going with brown tones and some lighter reds the whole thing is going to have a 
a colour theme of autumn to it, you know? Very nice, very nice. And maybe he's patched in a couple of um, cu- couple of the boards with different types of wood. So it's like almost like a patchwork quilt kind of effect. But it's mm, rustic. I love that. But it's... it's you, you look at it and you're satisfied with it once you're done. Yeah. It's been his little project, you know, so maybe he got uh he it was a boat that he found or something of the sorts yeah. you know he got it for a good price but it had some work to be done and throughout this time he's been able to bring that together and yeah what um what do you call the boat <laughs> oh, uh, you can think about it yeah give me I, you give me give me five <laughs> i've done that i've done that to my party before <laughs> make, uh, make a choice right now fart of the wind <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that's better than what I came up with on the fly when Matt threw at me as well. I mean, you, get, you gave me three. I think you gave me three. I think one yeah. was passable. Yeah. <laughs> nah. It, yeah. It came out good in the end, didn't it? Well, how about Why something? You know, the, the boat. The boat will be called Autumn Breeze. Ooh, like that. Very nice. It's like the. That. It's that's what... cool. It's what fills the boat sails, is that autumn breeze. Absolutely. Imagine, yeah. You know, one particular calm day, Alan will head out into the harbour. You know, the autumn breeze fills the sails and you're billowing out quite nicely. A little skiff that you've remade yourself, heading out into the waters of the harbour. You've cast a couple of nets and you've had a good fish today. Quite pleased with yourself. Mm. I think, in general, the act of fishing will be quite you know it's very therapeutic for Alan but especially after all that he's been through you know when he came to this town he was alone and uh you know he was he was fishing alone not you know from the shore and uh even though it's been a slow process he he feels that you know he's finding a place here and that his journey is uh is moving along for sure and you, you know the boat is moving along with you at the moment you know you're chugging along quite pleasantly and reeling in the catch and resetting filling your bucket then you notice that the rocking of the waves stops all of a sudden and you feel the boat lurch out of the water so it's like it's still moving forward but it's not making contact with the surface of the water at all Imagine, Alan, you poke your head over the rail mm. and you see that an enormous gold, a pale gold whale has swum beneath your boat and has lifted it out of the water and you are effectively on the, on the, back, on the back of this sparkling gold and white whale as it swims beneath you. And in your head, you hear a voice that says, Lord has passed. His calf has been taken. And just like in the old days in Corsair, you realize that it is the whale itself is speaking to you. The Lord has passed and his calf has been taken. This whale sort of lifts you out the water and then suddenly it 
dives back below the water and the boat lands back on the surface and it sort of heaves and hoes left and right. And then out onto the surface of the harbour, you see this enormous white and gold whale breach. I don't know if you've ever seen a video of like a humpback or a blue whale breaching, but it's like just a magnificent thing where they like go up and they splash back down on their backs. And imagine that the land's boat is completely soaked with the spray of this this, um, white and gold whale as it sort of says one last farewell. Swims back down to the depths of the deep water harbour. And I think, uh, you know, once... Once the rocking of the boat has settled, I think, Alan, he's going to make his way out to the deck of the boat and say a prayer to Eldath. And as he does, he's going to think to the map that he found and the marks on the map. And I think, uh, you know, it's going to be sort of burning in his mind. He has to find out what is going on. Uh, especially since he saw a mark on his home. He needs to find out what these marks mean because potentially he might have to return home sooner than he thought. I imagine with a new sense of tenacity and maybe a new spirit of endurance, Alan finishes the last catch of the day and takes the autumn breeze back into the dock ward where it moors up against the jetty. Also in the dock ward, we find our friend, Dimple Hogglebottom. I just want to say, George, I love that so much. So I imagine, Dimple, that you have found yourself on a bit of an off day, heading down to the dock ward to seek out the Sea Maiden's Fair, the travelling carnival with Galicia Star Eyes. And as you do some sort of hunting around, um, you find a... You find an empty warehouse that has been repurposed by the Carney folk of the Sea Maiden's Fair. And inside are these wonderful, wonderful parade floats that are being prepared for something. And um, I imagine that Dimple's sort of heart soars a little bit as he looks upon, you know, the the, the carny folk practicing their acts. You see acrobats, you see musicians. The whole place is alive with song. You see actors practicing, you know, back and forth their lines. And of course, you see the unmistakable glitter ball catsuit, flared trouser, platform shoes. Alicia. And I think Dimple kind of, he he doesn't like have a crush on her or anything. He doesn't have a crush on her or anything. But just is very enamoured with her, her outfit and her groovy moves and feels like a, a kinship with her. Do you know what I mean? She's, she's just a grooving gal. And she boogies up to you. She's like, Dimple, you son of a bitch. Took you long enough to come see me, eh? Don't worry, baby. I always said I'd be here. Wouldn't miss it for the world. All right, right. How's it all going with you? You know, lots are happening. I told you about the tavern that me and the pals I was with that time. Is that uh, shit open yet? I want to come boogie with you. 
You know what? Depending on what day this is, it's only a matter of 12, 1 to 12 working days, somewhere one, one in the middle. Days. Hey, that sounds yeah. like um, that's going to coincide with the Day of Wonders, no? <gasps> Why? I think you're right. You're right. Oh my gosh, yeah. Isn't that a fantastic luck? Do you think that you can them, right? Oh my gosh, does that mean that you'll be too busy on the Hellraiser? Now forget about it. I'm going to be at your party. (gasps) We're preparing our floats for the Day of Wonders right now. You want to see a few things, huh? Oh my god, yeah, of course I do. So I'm writing notes. I can't boogie and write notes. (laughs) Um, And she sort of walks you around these floats and she's like, Hey, this is our minstrel friends. This is uh, Jason and Roberta. They're uh, really cranking a few moves up there. Oh my god. Everyone here is just... Sorry, I feel like I screamed into my mic. Everyone here just has such a, a flair and tenacity about them. I just I just love the vibe up in here. Hey, we're partiers at the Sea Maiden's Fair. We work hard and we play hard. That's what we do. Hey, uh, yes, sister. And everyone, as um, as you go around, like everyone's sort of like waving at you. Like, obviously, seeing you boogieing with Galicia, like people are, you know sort of cheering you on maybe you get up and have a fucking dance or a sing and play your loop or whatever with um with a inspire few inspire some of the workers as well as we go yeah yeah exactly so this big warehouse is full of these floats and all these people practicing it's like did you ever do um fucking what was that rock thing you used to do at school that big competition school of rock no not school of rock the uh I'll, I'll just answer you now. I have no musical talent, so, like, right, no. Okay. <laughs> whatever, whatever that thing was. Um, but, you know, it's just, like, loads of people preparing. There's people doing face painting and, like, getting their outfits sorted. There's tailors here and there. And, you know, like, this place has got a, a vibe to it. Like, the energy is so palpable in here. And, like, you know, with Galicia, and she's, like, sort of introducing you to everyone. And it's a nice vibe. And, um, you know, they've got a few flags that say um, Day of Wonders, um, that sort of hang up that they're sort of preparing and putting the last sort of stitches on and hanging the bunting that says Day of Wonders on it. Entering into this warehouse, you see a very familiar figure and a not so familiar figure. You see the floppy shoes and the red nose of a man that you know and you respect very well. Wally Buttons. Wally Buttons? And, oh, I guess I wouldn't know. I was going to be like, and who's the other guy that you said I didn't know? So I imagine that you sort of like sprint over to, to Wally to sort of say hello. And he is just ecstatic. He's basically bouncing off the walls. He's, I don't, uh, where where am I with these dudes? Uh, you're Do you in the know what I mean? Oh, no, sorry. no, no, I mean like... Sorry, yeah. yeah. So Wally looks quite severe. It, you know, like the a clown's. You know, normally the clown has like a sad, like un, like downward Yeah, and he has an angry face. He has. That's exactly right. And he takes his big floppy hat and sort of holds it over his chest for a moment as you sort of approach. And I think that kind of stops him almost like mid-air bounce, like oh. And it's like little puppet had his strings cut, and he yeah. just kind of p- 
calls himself over like a sad dog to his master, being like, what have I done? Hello, Wally. Hello, Dimple. Oh, yes. I'm so I'm afraid. Happy. I'm afraid I have some something bad to tell you. And the um, man next to him, who has a small guitar, he plays something, which is the traditional way for the Justice Guild to transfer messages, is through the art song. Baby, 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 ooh, like <laughs> Jason Derulo. <laughs> That's going to be just while he's gone quickly. Hello there, Dimple. I hope that you're well. I'm afraid that I have bad news. It seems that you'll have to lose your wonderful crowning shoes. The thing at the Rosnars with one of your co-stars has damaged the Jester's Guild. Please leave water deep in two weeks or you'll be... <sighs> Dealt with. <laughs> oh my god! George, you get every inspiration for all time goes to you. I think everyone is nutting right now. That was yeah, yeah. godlike. Could you could you hear it? Or are you yeah, being yeah, yeah. perfectly dealt yeah, with? Oh amazing. my god! <laughs> I like that you almost like paused and went, <laughs> "Yeah, <laughs> dealt with." <laughs> oh my gosh! Right, I need to. Because obviously this reaction is not what So the, the content of that, just to remind you, was Hello there, Dimple. I hope that you're well. I'm afraid that I've got bad news. It seems that you'll have to lose your wonderful clowning shoes. The thing at the Rosnars with one of your co-stars has damaged the Justice Guild. Please leave water deep in two weeks or you'll be dealt with. That's rude. They can't evict Dimple. And Wally Buttons is just there like, Dimple, I'm so sorry. This is not, I, I, I pressed against it, Dimple, but it is on the orders of Jester Clownius herself. <laughs> and he's crying properly into his face paint. And I think Dimple's so overcome with emotion. He just like almost starts like miming. Just almost like a nervous tick, or he's just like, <laughs> and uh, he is a. Uh... Do you I know what I mean? Put her arm around you. You don't need these guys, Dimple. The Sea Maidens fair wouldn't do this to you. Papa. Oh, pickle. Oh, help, help me out, guys. So that is kind of the end of that. I'm sorry, okay. Dimple. We've got no, bad news. Two weeks, we've got to get out of Waterdeep by order of the Justice Guild. That was fucking awesome. Oh, man. You know what? Dimple is not having a great time. Alright, I got two fingers cut off from this ordeal. What a treat, though. Tell you what, loving it. Just as a, you know, a few sessions in now at this point. Love everyone's characters. I'm enjoying playing the campaign with everyone thoroughly. Oh, it's a treat fun. to be with you all. Yeah, yeah. Same. I get like no. sad, like maybe like two thirds through the session. I'm like, oh shit, it's going to end soon. And I'm like, <laughs> I've got, I've got oh. a week for another one. Okay, Remy. You have spoken to the Black Staff about 
some potential night sessions. And you've also spoken to Rupert about some tutorage. And day three, day four of this timeline, you find yourself with young Tiana, the apprentice mage from um, the Dock Ward City Watch. And you two are sat there in an upstairs room of Rochelle the Page Turner's premises. The uh, bookworm. Bookworm's treasure, yep. Bookworm's treasure, yeah. So you guys are upstairs, and in front of you stands Rochelle in his what is evidently a dressing gown. And Rupert. And Rochelle says to you, well, uh, welcome to the first arcane night school, as sponsored by Blackstaff Towers. As you know, my name is Rochelle Page Turner, and you have all very kindly agreed to proofread the first two chapters of Hot Nights in Waterdeep, which I am most grateful for. The Blackstaff herself has sponsored these sessions for me to host them, and for Rupert and I to to tutor you in the ways of the arcane. Now, Remy, do you have any experience in the arcane at all? Do you understand the principles of what we're doing? I have a little. Um, there were a few spells, uh, a few gifts I had, uh, but this was a, lo- a long time ago now. Um, hmm. Yes, I, I would say under- I understand them. Well, uh, I will teach the theory in these sessions, and uh, Rupert here will be teaching the practical element of casting. But without the fundamental principles of what we are doing, you have no hope. So explain briefly. The earth that we stand on is split into many different arcane planes, which we refer to as the planes of existence. And these planes are constantly moving and shifting around us. We can't see them, we can't feel them. But where these planes intersect and rub up against one another and intertwine, an arcane interaction happens and energy is created. Now, those with arcane proclivities, which I'm sure you hope to develop, you are able to harness the energy that is created through this intertwining of the planes of existence that surround us. And you are able to channel that energy through an arcane focus into spells such as this. And he does a prestidigitation, some purple sparks. And when you can become slightly more practiced, you may be able to do something like this. And he drops a fireball in the centre of his library. <laughs> oh, shit. That, um, he is a... Uh, he's got a spell sculpt and is able to sculpt it around all of you guys and all the books are protected. But this entire room is ablaze with just some fucking roaring fireball. It must have been cast at like 8th level for the, for the size and magnitude of the power. And he just lets it roar. And you're sat in this like inner circle as this torrent of fire is spinning round you. And he sort of shouts and he says, The practice of harnessing the arcane interactions 
is the uh, the wizard's tool, and it is called the weave. And then he drops the fireball. If you hope to be an arcane caster, Remy and Tiana, you must learn to use the weave. And um, he sort of sits down. Now, Rupert, um, what are you going to teach them today? Well, I think they should uh, they should decide for themselves. After all, they are the uh, practitioners. They need to they need to choose their own spells. Uh, I think they shouldn't be uh, given to them. One thing I've been uh, considering as a, as an option is uh, is the mage and the oh, ability to yes the, the ability to move things with the mind. An excellent place to begin, I believe. Rupert, a mage hand is ever useful for the lazy wizard who cannot be bothered to turn the pages of his book across the room as he reads. It's, 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 not something, it's not something I'd prepare myself, actually, but uh, I've been working on a, a technique, actually, um, if you'll permit me to try something new myself. Of course. Um, well, I, I slept on this last night, but uh, I believe I can summon from the uh, arcane potential built into my book, and I can perhaps form a cantrip I have uh, not before. Um, yeah, and he will go ahead and, and cast uh, Mage Hand. And I think he would just uh, he would just lift his hat off his head and then put it back on. He said, oh, ma- magnificent, it works, brilliant, yes. So as Rupert casts this, you see this spectral hand, like a, like a Michael Jackson glove is how I always imagine it, floating in the air. And Rupert is able to pick up small objects and move them around. And Remy, after a couple of of these sessions and you really struggle to begin with you really fucking it's a challenge to get it but on like maybe night three tiana is bossing it she's doing really really well she's on like detect magic she the one that she worked with with rupert in uh the dog ward watch station you're focusing on this mage hand and suddenly you realize that the mage hand that you are able to produce you thought you were failing the mage hand is invisible. And this mage hand, you can control, and your connection to the weave, you feel it move, and you can move it, harnessing those arcane interactions, that energy that's created, you channel it through, and you're able to manipulate it. And you find that you can do the most wondrous things with this mage hand. And it far outshines the mage hand that even Rochelle is able to cast. What are you doing with it? What sort of things are you picking up? Well, you, you what? Yeah, I think Remy initially is like, as he understands this, he's starting to pull books from the shelves that appear to just fly from the holdings between these other books, and, and he's picking up candlesticks and stuff that are now floating across the room, just seemingly completely on their own. Um, and to the point- I like the idea of how you'd kind of get to know that feeling. Do you know what I mean? Like. You know how when you close your eyes and you know how to scratch your nose or something like that, yeah. do you know what I mean? <laughs> Almost like, yeah. it's like you feel like you can sense it, do you know what I mean? But you can't that's, quite. That's the weave that that's you're it. manipulating there. Yeah, it just clicks. Yeah. It just clicks for Remy eventually when he realises, yeah, he's not been failing, but this, this hand is 
completely invisible and I think like he, he, he understands that he's got this combination of the wizard's side from his mother and he's got this roguish nature and maybe that's what's powering this this hand to be completely unseen to everyone else um, and he starts playing around with it like seeing if he can pinch things from Rochelle's pocket and, and um, yeah I was going to say that um, there's a there's a small uh, ring of keys on Rochelle's pocket and I'd like you to roll your first sort of mage hand interaction to see if you can lift it from Rochelle okay Roll good. Uh, it's a fifteen. Okay, Rochelle rolled an eleven. So yeah. you, when he's explaining something dull as fuck, he's like, "The first magician that ever walked Faerun was Stiffly Brownman. He could only do cantrips, but he thought he was hot shit." Let me tell you something about <laughs> Stiffly. And you're like, "Jesus, this is the third session we've done on Stiffly." And imagine you sort of nudge Tiana and your mage hand sort of sneaks out and suddenly, and Rupert, you probably see this too, the keys are floating in the air. Yeah. And there are a few, like, locked doors at the back where, you know, storerooms and things. And Remy, with a 15, you're able to manipulate the keys to unlock these doors. I think as as Rupert spots this, he he might nudge Tiana say that under his breath just give that detect magic a go just just direct it over there towards the door and she's like studying her stuff she's got like her nose deeply in her spell book like she's very very studious maybe it's not a natural thing for her she's like really working hard at it and she has a couple of attempts but yeah sure enough you see illusion magic i think it might be for a mage hand or enchantment um and you can just see it and you can certainly see the aura of enchantment magic that is fucking around in the back of this room as like Stiffly Brownson. He was the worst magician that there ever was. Let me tell you ten things I hate about Stiffly. Number one, poor gear. He had one of those stupid hats on that wizards used to wear. Number two, you know, and uh, and he's not realizing. But Remy, you are opening all the doors in the back. You're pushing them open. You're taking like precious books out from the back and um, he's completely oblivious like he's absolutely talking to himself at this point and that's the same about fucking Stephanie you know like he's just <laughs> going on and meanwhile there are like books and keys and you've undone the uh, undone the fucking drawstring on his dressing gown and his dressing gown flops <laughs> open so he's like can't naked and he just and this sort of scene plays out and Tiana and Rupa are in there just absolutely creasing up with viewers you just fuck with this guy and I imagine maybe on the last session you're walking back across the road to Trollsbane Keep and you're wrapping the veteran's cane on the floor as you uh, as you go uh, can so the way that I see this is this is Remy's arcane ability that's coming out at the moment and you realise that the veteran's cane through your study of magical items in your last few days, in fact, has some kind of magical property. <laughs> I feel like you're like, stay very quiet, might get something really cool. 
God. And you unsheath the cane, and you see the rapier blade. Yeah. You roll me an arcana check, please. Can. This better be good. Can I um, give Matt my Aid. D6? You, yes, you can. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I want the roll to be good. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Uh, Add a five to whatever it is, because that's what I rolled you. If you want to do it that if way. You, if, you, if I add a five, it's a day 20. Oh, perfect. Okay. <laughs> so DC 15, right? Nice. I hit that anyway, but yeah, yeah, cool. Cool. There you go. Good news. So as Remy looks upon this blade once more, he can see that the blade has a special type of arcane script written on it. Okay. And as he focuses arcane energies closer and he's using the weave and he's channeling that those interactions of the planes of existence and that energy created sees with an arcane eye and it is a message that says knew you'd get there dad oh my god too cute too good punch in the heart mate I think Remy will as he notices this just become very quiet um, maybe slip it back into or I think I think the way it works is that like you can you can say the command word and it turns into a rapier yeah um, but I think like he would be hard pressed like other people would quite would notice but he tries hard to kind of cover the tears almost that he's he's feeling this deep emotion at this oh my god baby boy (laughs) poor Remy Um, but yeah he's he's just overcome with with emotion the fact that he's got this message I mean he hasn't seen his dad for a long time and he's been through a lot of shit since he passed away and yeah I think he would he would probably want to take himself off to his to his room that evening and maybe just lay the rope here on the on the desk and yeah, just reminisce and think about the times that he had with his father on the court of the white bull when they're together and you know, trading these arcane objects and just remembering happier times before he was a criminal, before he was sent to prison, before he got wrapped up in so much stuff that he never thought he would. Um but also seeing like a almost a light in, in what he's got these days with the autumn born and standing for something that seems to be more than just fucking picking pockets and, and just being a street thief in Waterdeep. Yeah, it means a lot to him to, to have kind of turned it around and found some people that mm-hmm. see things his way a little bit. I think from outside your door, you might hear Rupert like trumping off to bed and he just sort of softly calls through, well, well done tonight, Remy. Really good work. Uh, I'm proud of you. And then just walks off. I think Remy almost wants to reply but can't. Um, but I think he would understand that, like Rupert's clever enough to understand that he's deep in emotion. He's going for a lot, but he respects it all the same. Well, well done, all of you, on that little role-playing experience. Um, 
like I said, you guys sent me some notes and you all did extremely well to be able to just dive into your characters. And as a treat, there is one last thing that I want to show you. Oh. I might ask my good friend Matt to show you. Okay then. Oh. Oh. Everyone, go to roll 20. Go to roll oh, 20. Shit. Oh my god. Is it. Oh. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I would like to welcome you to the newly refurbished <laughs> Trolls Bane Keep. Oh, come on. Go, 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 go. I tell you what, I just love you all. This is the best <laughs> campaign ever. <laughs> Let's start in the bar downstairs if that's cool. I would have started. Oh my in god, look, bar. we have a courtyard. I would have, of course, started in the bar. Um, so yeah, we all meet outside, and you can see. Um, <gasps> Look at the stones. Remy, he ad- he admits that uh, while I was uh, in prison, I I took a vocation. Um, interior design uh, is not something I have told anyone, but uh, it was a six-month course. I could not tell it I had nothing to do, but uh, I took a, a six-month course in interior design. So I have got in touch with some people I know in the city uh, who could. Uh, well, provide us with uh, some furniture and uh, new furnishings for the place. Um, the whole stonework on the outside of the, the courtyard has been redone. We have some tables and, and uh, the fountain. And of course, as you see beneath your feet, the image of the Ottenborn, the logo of the Trolls bin. People will see this as they enter and they will know who is behind this place. Hopefully the Xanafar, if they come back this way, will uh, be scared off when they see the Ottenborn's logo on the floor. Uh, but please, follow me inside. I will show the inside of the, the main bar. And he'll push the door open and uh, invite everyone inside. Oh, I love the floor. It's so cool. Oh, so oh my cool. god. In character, everybody. <laughs> it's so nice cool! Goodness, I love these rugs. <laughs> the new rugs, uh, the, all the floor work has been redone. The finest timber. We have uh, seats, plush seats everywhere. No, none of this hard wood that people have to sit on. We want people in luxury here in the uh, the Trolls Bane Tavern. Uh, we have built a uh, proper staircase to downstairs to the cellar where we will be brewing the alcohol, no? Uh, and... The bar looks beautiful. Something. Uh, is this I, uh, oh, it is. Uh, it is uh, mahogany. Uh, but oh. I will. I will show you the basement very quickly. Um, and he leads you down the stairs. Um, and if you look in the bottom right of the the map now, <laughs> we now have a brewery inside the Trodsbane Tavern. We can brew our own. Oh yes, it. It certainly smells like it. <laughs> we can brew our own alcohol down here, thanks to uh, Fala. She has uh, provided those ops. Finally, we can create Dimple's Dribble. It'll be amazing. <laughs> um, <laughs> no. Yes. You guys are aware I'll... that over the last sort of 10 days, Remy has been working downstairs with a man named Bruno de Pap, who is from the Vintners <laughs> Distillers and Brewers Guild, and teaching Remy how to build and operate a brewery. Remy is now proficient with brewer's tools as well. Amazing. Wow. Well, I think there wouldn't be a more fitting name than 
than Trolls Bay Nail. What better a tagline than, you know, it can put a troll on its arse. How, are you, <laughs> how will you take it? I think this is perfect, Alan. Oh, I love it. Oh, I love it, honestly. Remy, you couldn't have done a better job. This is incredible. I can't believe you had a hand in this. I know, you would but... not expect it, but... Uh... Yes, we now have a place You've to brew our I know. But we have a place um, to brew our nails. Uh, we will call them what, what we like. Maybe. We will do... we might experiment with a wine or two. Oh, absolutely. Oi, it sounds like a fantastic idea, even. And, Remy, we will do the great, the, the great lady that allowed us the honour of... The, the plants that we now harvest upstairs, you know, we'll put them to good use down here. We'll treat nature properly and we'll we'll do right by those ingredients. We'll make a truly beautiful drink. Thank you, Remy. Absolutely. So I'm, just, I'm just revealing a little bit more of the ground floor as you guys sort of trudge back up and alarm. You notice the almost wave shape of the floorboards. It's got to be, it's got to hit home. Oh, I love this, um, this stag's head and these beautiful string lights. Oh, the piano as well. And uh, that's simple. If <gasps> a you little look stage. To, if you will look to the north of the, the bar, there is uh, something for you, no? I think Dimple is the true. Oh my god, I just saw it. Ah! <laughs> oh my god. That's so cool. I think Dimple's literally like tripping over himself and he stands back up and he trips over again. He's like, what? Oh, my, my very own stage! And he just goes down, he sees the uh, monogram D and starts kissing it, going, Home! Home, sweet home! The stage is where I belong! <laughs> I had uh, Woody Chiselman from the uh, wood, from the Woodcarver's Guild. I love Woody! So, uh, I, I think Alan is going to, he's really going to put his hand on Remy's back and say, you did good. You know, you didn't have to go this far, but you've done good. He's going to appreciate that, you know. And I think Dimple turns around and it's just like the most snotty, awful, <laughs> ugly cry. <laughs> it's like, thank you. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> and he grabs leaking, on you. It's leaking like, from every face hole. Yeah, it's just, it's truly gross. He wipes his, his nose maybe on definitely on Remy's uh, tunic like thanks Remy I appreciate it well the bar the bar is incredible but let me uh, take you upstairs let's see the, the upstairs our, our proper abode as it were our you go home up, there is a fast oh. floor George has revealed mate ah oh, oh bitch so of course we have the common room Matt Oh. Alan doesn't give a shit about anything you're about saying. He's in his room, open eyed. He's like pressed his face up against his little aquarium that he's got in there, <laughs> and he is just <gasps> bug eyed. Like oh, this is the best thing he's ever seen in his entire life. Oh my gosh! Wasn't easy to find the glass for the uh, the aquarium, Alan. But uh, for you, it was worth it. Oh, and our little fireplace. I think at this point. Alan is just going to jump and as he jumps, he's going to use wild shapes, transform into a little goldfish and land in his little <laughs> swimming <laughs> And you guys can finish the tour. You can, you can, you know, 
he he's chilling. He's chilling. <laughs> chilling with the fishes. So, uh, so yeah, to, to save you my bullshit French 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 accent, um, closest to Alan's room, um, the kind of it's the room with the most windows anyway in the kind of north uh, northwest of the the property within the turret room. Um, Remy used a lot of the cuttings that uh, Fala gave us to build like a, a, a greenhouse in there almost. That's sick! Yeah. It's so, so, of, so cool. Yeah, full of all sorts of like plants and herbs and, and flowers and things like that. Like you can see like there's mushrooms growing like here and that's like a little apple tree that they've got. He's got built in like a stone base. Um, and then to the right of that in the same room, this room's called the Den on the map. The, the original Waterdeep map. Um, I mean, Avon could probably see. <laughs> There's a weapon rack full of all sorts of different <laughs> weapons and some uh, training dummies, along with like a target uh, at one end of the room, just for her. Um, George, can we just can I just put in a little petition right here for Matt to have a D20 inspiration for next session oh. given for well, this map? Can like, we add everyone's inspiration together? And just give it to him <laughs> as a single dice roll. I've had this map for about a week and a half, and I've just... Oh, my God. <laughs> just can't stop looking at it. Um, shall I show you the next floor? Yeah, wait, so wait, wait, wait. I want statue? any other details that Matt has to give what us as well, statue? yeah. statue? Is this the balcony? Okay, the, the statue that's here, um, when you go and look at this statue, anyone that's no, like... Uh, uh, Water Davian, or maybe even the other people that have been in Waterdeep, will notice this. This is almost like a complete identical copy of the Hawkman, which is one of the big, um, like the uh, what are their names, George. The the like the Guardian. Yeah, yeah, Guardian. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a copy of one of of, of the Hawkman, but it's it's in our hallway. <laughs> and this little table over here. Oh, yeah, what's what, on the table? What's it on looks the like? Table? It looks like playing cards or something. What's that? Um, so, so there's just some some notes there, like maybe some of the letters that we've received. But just to the to the back of those, there's five potions. Um, they're those little potions of uh, water breathing that we received from. Oh, um, what's her name? Nice. Uh, from the Black Staff. Uh, this is the business table. <laughs> it is. Um, yeah, but this is obviously like. And I love the water. I love the, the cozy cover. sofas. The Chesterfields, this little red one, yeah, yeah. Nice. sitting around the fire. I think Remy would spend a lot of the days in in the downtime, like before this was all completed, just like spending time in the evenings after people have been doing their things and all meeting back up in the Trollsbane Keep, just getting to know everyone and just building like his rapport with the party. Like it means a lot to to him, certainly. <laughs> I think that's that's come through clearly, you know, as. The amount of little details that have come through in the construction of this building that would not have been possible with a generic construction team. There had to have been a, a helping hand of love. Yeah. I love all the outdoor space that you guys have. The the balconies. I love all I these never considered balconies. it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They're so they're so, and they're like on every side Sorry. of the house so we can just chase the sun through the day. Yeah, for sure. That, logically as well, that is cool. Like we could use that potentially for some interesting things like knowing that that balcony can see over the street like if yeah. we are in another combat situation potentially someone could break Eesh. into the house to get up or something like that I want to see more 
Yeah, yes. Just, sorry. This is what. This is right. So Rupert has been like pleasantly surprised walking around with like very like oh he's very satisfied with everything, but he's been itching to get upstairs. My jaw yeah. is dropping with each floor, like the color palette <laughs> on it. Oh my god, so nice. Um, yeah. So we'll start with like if we came up the stairs here from the <laughs> first floor staircase, you lead onto this like opening um, landing. Uh, and the door straight opposite leads to the study. Um, and now, Joe, I did try and find you a wing-back chair, but I couldn't... I tried even I making this... one in Incarnate. <laughs> this is this is Rupert's chair right here. It's perfect. It's and big, it's big old chair. I can imagine... Oh, look at the size of it compared to him. That's yeah. awesome. Oh, um, oh I love giant. the idea that it... Yeah, like, and it dwarfs Rupert. Just like he did in the shop where he sat in it for the first time. He sits down and just... <laughs> oh, <laughs> Oh. oh, he's crossing. <laughs> I'm so just, happy. I just sinks into it. Um, oh, Joe, I think that's yeah. been my favourite bit of visual comedy on this entire. So good. So, so funny. You, you'll I notice, died. You, you'll oh. notice Remy's um, replaced the uh, old kind of rickety. Uh, bookcases that were in there, this main library study, um, with some much nicer ones, like some much finer wood, new ones. And, and then in the top left corner, Rupert, you'll see the oh, the, the grandfather clock. <gasps> the oh, details. Is that a is that a custom piece? It's a custom stamp that I use. Yeah, like, aren't it? yeah, fucking yeah, mate. That is above and beyond the oh, hot dude you fucking rock <laughs> and um, then <laughs> and then and then if, if Remy would lead Rupert to his room he'll realise he's got a massive bugbear sized bed jeez like, I compare, didn't even oh, see the size yeah. of that <laughs> if you compare that to Alan's like Alan's got a nice little halfling sized bed but Rupert's got a massive fucking bugbear sized bed and also I changed the, the, the colours of it our bed size difference is ridiculous <laughs> 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 but I, I fucked around oh. with the hues on it on it on Incarnate to change it to that blue yellow. Yeah, yeah. For, for my boy Rupert. And then I think hey, there was one awesome. other thing you mentioned that you wanted, which was telescope. A, little, a little telescope by the window just so Rupert can watch the night sky. Dude. And then of course oh. at the other other end of the hallway we've got Avon's room. With her own personal little practice and chamber. A- I love that. Personal little practice chamber with a variety of weapons on the table inside the the bottom of the turret. Oh um, yes, and just a, oh, a yes. plush room like fit for a noble. Oh, I love it! I love that I've got my own little ensuite as well. Yeah, yeah. Mwah. Tin bath. <laughs> Holds the heat well. What's in the What's in the the turret? Oh yeah, the turret. Oh, I updated. I the like turret. how many little bathrooms we have. Yeah. Like, yeah. how many bathroom houses is this? I see two alone that I just stand alone, like toilets. Oh my god, dimple. What? What? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> wow. Matt, you are just a. <laughs> oh my god. I'm so zooming. Oh, I've got a personal little terrace. You wanted a little way to get out on the roof, so Remy got a... That looks amazing. Like, <gasps> oh, my God. I, I, <laughs> how, like, all the carpets are and stuff, it looks, like, beyond 
incarnate stuff like yeah. straight custom level <laughs> shit I thought, I thought dimples, so yeah i thought dimple would appreciate many many rugs of all different <laughs> ki- kinds and colors all over the floor in the room and then a table you said you hey, were a table it just looks like my bunting. Yeah. it looks like reach room it looks so, so good there's some bunting in the bottom of the the tavern that was put up just like ready for the um opening oh ceremony but God. there was plenty left over so Remy was like fuck it Dimple's gonna want that puts it all up over <laughs> yeah, he does. Um, there's like lutes and violins on the table there's a harp in the corner down here and then obviously this little outside <laughs> kind of balcony that he, he built I outside love the it. window with his sheet like, music is that a little music stand I oh my god custom made that little music stand <laughs> um, <laughs> you can imagine like, a, like opening a sash window like yeah, and then and then Dibble stepping out onto this little balcony, um, and then there's just like it's other... serenading everyone below. The world. And... Go on, sorry. Is this is this Remy's sorry, room what's... that we have above? Sorry, uh, Remy's room. What was this that yeah. you po- pointed at? Sorry, I'm just oh, talking there's, to there's just yeah. like you said, you wanted his room would just be full of knickknacks and stuff. There's two uh, dresses for all of his different costumes and things like that. Uh, a table just full of like props and, and other items that he's gathered and crates and things just like oh and things. a pink chaise lounge that's perfect yeah. <laughs> oh man this is so cool <laughs> even like Sorry. i love the little curtains from above there as well curtains i haven't noticed all, if they're about colors. as well but that is sick <laughs> yeah it's it's spot on it's better than what i imagined but okay, absolutely good. the essence of it good. thank you <laughs> yeah, then i am insisting that matt gets a D20 inspiration oh next God. session, George. Like, there is no chance. This is unbelievable. Matt, it's honestly made me a little bit teary. Like, this is just the yeah. loveliest thing ever. <laughs> Again, to all of you, there's nothing better than the passion everyone shows, but, you know, yeah. having all these little things, like little pictures of your own character and things like that. And, you know, these maps, Matt, like, it just adds so much to this campaign. I cannot yeah. say thank you enough what a treat imagine we were just dealing with that like hand-drawn fucking line map the first the first one i tell you what i felt i felt really bad as well on our first session because i was a bit like right i don't want to say you're doing it matt but you're doing us a map <laughs> <laughs> and I did... <laughs> this is oh, so beyond happy, happy to no um, thank honestly to every ev- all of you thank you from the bottom of my heart like it's such a pleasure playing with all you guys i think there's a little bit more though we cut him off to be super excited it's remy's little room um i think think remy's tell us how yeah Yeah, he picked the smallest room um but i think he spent six years in a cell he's quite happy with a room of this size he's he's perfectly happy to live to live in there and um Oh, and he's it's got a little like, little target as well. But yeah, got... it's very cool as well. I like I like his fur on his bed. Yeah, he's got a little target, and you can see little Harold. He, he, he tried being a fur salesman at one point. Harold next to yeah, the bed. Oh true. yeah, it's Harold there. Um, I think it's cool as well. I think it you know it, it speaks to your character. You know, you're you're not uh, a particularly uh, not flamboyant, but you know, like uh, you know, materialistic and kind of yeah. humble. Yeah, you know, you're a, you are a humble character, and I like I like that a lot. That's a very cool room. Mm. Um, yeah, obviously, the little target in the corner. You can just sit back in bed and just fire Harold. Is this for when they're having their little? 
is this for when they're having their little lovers' quarrels? Ah, <laughs> uh, shut the fuck up! He's got Davil's picture on it. He's just firing fucking arrows. <laughs> <laughs> That's a I like uh, that he has the desk, though. You know, I, I can imagine Remy almost being the kind of person that would maybe do some poetry or something like that. You know, he yeah. seems. <laughs> I think he would do that in private. Like, he might not yeah, you know. I bet Remy journals. I bet yeah. Remy journals. Um, you can tell he, he's almost like a philosopher or something, you know, he, he thinks. I, I do get the vibe that Remy is an, a highly intelligent person. The pen is a mightier than the sword kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> the crossbow is mightier yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then finally, we also have a little cuddly tower. What's that in the in the turret peak? It looks almost like a gallows or something. It's just the way up. <laughs> No, it's just the little the little hatch. Yeah, so if yeah. you go, yeah, if you go from Avon's room, there's a, a little. It's um, Avon's little turret. It's her little lookout station. Avon has a little turret. Are you mad? That is too <laughs> yes. perfect. Yeah. I love that. You wanted cushions in it, so I just put a shitload of nice looking. I love different it. Color cushions. Imagine you going up there and uh, just looking out and seeing like a hippogriff in the distance or a um a griffin in the distance and being like, oh, I wonder if that's Ike. Just like yeah, I can imagine that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sure. Yeah. Oh. Do you know what I'm realizing it... having a look at this again? Is I've got an entire campaign to oh, run, God. but you guys aren't ever going to leave this place. <laughs> 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 I really like, want to. Like it's just going to be like the same. 